heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. This was always going to be about communist China. That's what this was always going to be about, my fellow Americans. This was never, ever going to be about Russia. Was never about Russia. If you just follow this, and if you watched many foreign policy experts, they would have told you this was always going to be about China. China has played the long game very, very well. And I'm sad to say to you here today, as a patriotic American, we are screwed. We are in a heap of trouble. And that is a fact. And it's because of these uh, buffoons that Americans elect to high office in Washington, D.C. is the epic center of this conversation. Well, between that and Beijing, right? Because they have undermined uh, American policies. They have done so much damage. They have been in a political fight of red and blue internally while they've all been sitting back laughing, laughing. People, you know, Eons ago and generations, probably laughing in their graves, Mao and all of that, laughing like hell in their graves, and then laughing here as well, very much, as our, again, our political buffoons play ping pong in Washington with each other. Uh, they're stealing us and robbing us blind here. It's been happening for a long time, and I, I take no joy in talking about this today, but this is an important conversation and I, for one, am pretty juiced about it, my friends. Welcome to Voice of a Nation here. It is yours truly, Malcolm Out Loud. We have a great program today over the next couple of hours, one that you need to pay very close attention to. I, in fact, I recommend you email or call your friends and maybe even your frenemy, frenemies if you need to, but call people around and tell them to tune in and listen to this broadcast today, please. Coming to you on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Um, and then, of course, this will all go to podcast, as it always does, uh, the following day or so. Uh, it is uh, going to be an explosive conversation ahead. Now, we will have today, IQ Al Rasuli will be here. George McClellan will be here. And, and, and also, Kathy Chamberlain, a part of our team nation, will also be here. You've been hearing her voice, a new voice on the platform. And we will uh, slay this today and show you exactly what the dangers are, but also get into some of the historical context of why we're here, where we're coming from, and what's happening. So I want to take this slowly. We're not in a hurry. I want to take this slowly with you, and I want to explain what the dangers are and what's happening. And it's just important we all pay attention now to what's developing. This could potentially be one of the most important conversations you've listened to in a very long time may very well be a roadmap, too, as to what we need to do moving forward. 
Now, all of the uh, folks I just mentioned to you on the program today are great writers, and they have uh, columns that you will find on America Out Loud, which I will be telling you about today, which will certainly be the icing on the cake here for you today to understand what's going on. So let's jump into it now without any further delay or uh, uh, games here and uh, begin the process of talking about uh, China, uh, you know, red China, communist China, why they are the threat that they are. Uh, very much. You know, uh, just recent days here, um, uh, Russia's deputy foreign minister warned the Biden administration against getting involved in Ukraine amid the, you know, you've seen the Russian forces massing on the Ukrainian border. This has been happening a lot. Now they're starting to pull back now, uh, just as a footnote to you as well. Uh, that certainly isn't from threats from the Biden administration, to be sure. Uh, but the same day, the Chinese foreign minister came out uh, again and warned the Biden administration, you know, Joe Biden, that is, against getting involved in Taiwan. Uh, they've already warned about Hong Kong. Now they're warned about Taiwan. They've already warned about the South China Seas, you see. Soon they'll be warning us about Los Angeles, uh, California. You know, <laughs> uh, this seems to be the way we're headed, isn't it now? Uh, and that's not a that's not just a blanketed statement, but they're already here. People is the problem. That's one of the things we'll talk about. Now, there's a lot of cooperation going on between Russia and China. To be clear, uh, you know, China is the bigger threat for sure. But when you start to team up here, when, how do I say when when adversaries? And another word for adversaries is frenemies. You know, just take the word enemy and add the word fre in front. Frenemies, frenemies, right? and so adversaries, but they are frenemies together. When frenemies join together like that, you take a Russia, a China, and, and for the hell of it, for, to make a real interest in soup, you, you can add you know, North Korea and Iran and some of our other adversaries into the mix if you like, uh, and others in this hemisphere as well, by the way. And now you've got a, a real potential of something that could be a real problem for America in, in the very near future is the challenge here. Uh, let's open it up now. Let me tell you, first of all, IQ Al-Razuli. Uh, he was born in Baghdad, by the way. He's an Iraqi exile, uh, Arabic speaker, scholar, author, uh, just an amazing human being. He's uh, been with, uh, really with me in America Out Loud since our conception here uh, five years ago uh, when we launched America Out Loud. And um, he's got a trilogy, a, a, a great best-selling trilogy in the uh, America Out Loud bookstore and at bookstores you can find as well. Uh, George McClellan is here. He's a historian, political analyst. Uh, again, his career spans many, many decades in law enforcement and the U.S. Naval Investigative Service. He's a writer, author, uh, just a, a terrific guy, uh, both IQ George. And then Kathy Chamberlain, who, again, is a new voice here, part of my group here, Team Nation, produces on air here with us. She's a great author. She has a book, uh, The Deplorables, we'll tell you about a little bit later on. Uh, she took uh, Saul Alinsky's rules, the, the rules for radicals if you will, um, and put them in the rules for deplorables. I love it. I love it. And she's got a whole lot to say about that as well, which kind of play into a lot of this, because then you get into Sun Tzu and you get into the, the art of war. And uh, now you're talking their language at that point, right? So let me open it up first with UIQ. And what I'd like you to do is in your piece, uh, you have the article up there, the rise of the Chinese uh, Colossus here. And you talk about the rise of modern China and the prosperity of hundreds of millions of Chinese are totally indebted to a diminutive man who rose from the ranks and was demoted and exiled by Mao because of their differences in economic matters. 
pick it up there, IQ, and tell us what that danger is and what you're speaking about, please. Yeah, the, this little guy, his name doesn't, you know, doesn't click with Americans because they don't know much about China. His name is Deng Xiaoping. He was part and parcel of the Communist Party, top echelon. But because he did not agree with Mao Zedong regarding economics, Mao Zedong exiled him. But when Mao Zedong died, this little guy, and he was maybe about five foot tall, took over China. He was so capable of taking over China after Mao Zedong died. What he did, he opened China. He opened her to the foreign investors. He really opened her for America because the only foreign investors who could make or break a nation is the United States of America. So the Americans invested hundreds of billions, in fact, almost several trillion dollars to create the industries in China so that they can produce goods which Americans can use cheap. So China is actually the product of America. China's prosperity is the product of America. China's military is the product of America. While the previous sorry, administrations, especially under Obama and now under Biden, concentrated on Russia, I always, and I repeatedly said it also on this show and on many talk shows, that Ch Russia is not the threat, that China is, because I'm using logic. China today is 1.3 billion people. That is greater in number than the United States, Russia, and Europe put together. So it, this colossus is not, China is, well, China was a long-term civilization. Her people are very capable intellectually from, for producing and inventing and creating. So the threat is always greater when you have an adversary who is patriotic, very important. Chinese are extremely patriotic. Second, intelligent and capable of creating. Third, they have the economies. They have the greatest economy in the world today. America is in debt. You are in debt to 30 to $33 trillion. And you continue to increase your debt without even thinking that the ones who are going to suffer are your children and your grandchildren. Who, because they will have to pay the interest on the debt. But nobody is thinking in America. This is the tragedy of America today. I have had many radio interviews in the last five months. In fact, since, especially since uh, 6th of January. And I was saying that America is finished. I'm not being negative, I'm being realistic. While the military in America are talking about transgender and whether the women pilots who are pregnant can fly, the Chinese are laughing. They're, Russians are laughing. The Iranians are laughing. The Arabs are laughing. I know because I'm monitoring this on a daily basis. Mm. Wow. 
You cannot have a society as divided like America is today. Succeed against China. It is impossible because they are united. We're not discussing whether the people agree with communism or not. This is irrelevant. The Chinese colossus is made of the Chinese Communist Party. And they are ruling. And they are the ones who control. Yeah. Uh, IQ, Sorry. you're talking about Deng, uh, Deng, uh, Deng uh, Jinping, you talked about a moment ago here. About what year was that? 1980s. Okay, in the he 80s. Became, by the way, he became the leader of China in December 1978. Okay, okay. Yeah, nobody talks about him. You're exactly right. But, but that was back, and we're talking, um, and, you know, everybody remembers when uh, President Nixon opened up China. Remember, re recall? Right? Absolutely, with Kissinger. With Kissinger. With Kissinger, right, right. That's yes. right. That was a moment in time because before that was really closed and then it was all opened up. Now, you say here in this uh, uh, article here, ironically, the country that helped the rise of China as an economic and industrial powerhouse was and continues to be the USA, whose major companies invested hundreds of billions of dollars creating the factories, the infrastructure, and the technologies for their outstanding success over the last 60 years Americans purchased trillions of dollars worth of Chinese products. And that says a lot right there, uh, IQ, that, you know, we, we've made them and we've talked about that, but we continue to do it and nobody's really paying attention, are they? Yeah, but the people who should pay attention is not the public. The people who should pay attention are Biden and his uh, administration, but they're not paying any attention. They don't give a damn about America. I want Americans to listen to me, not to believe what I'm telling you, but just listen. When you have a president called Joe Biden, and after Chauvin was found guilty, said America is racist, see that the Constitution is racist, how is it humanly possible or logical to believe that your enemies will respect you? Tell me, please. Yeah. Well, they call us systemic, uh, systemically ra racist. I just talked about this in the last couple of days very clearly, uh, this whole systemic racist attitude. No, you're right. But, but let me remind you of something, IQ. You say, no, it, it, and I would almost push back and say, no, it is the fault of the American people. We, the people, it's not the Joe Biden that is the problem. These people are Marxists in nature because there's plenty of Joe Bidens out there. They're all over that party. The, the, and there's no, and it's not a progressive party. That's BS. It's a Marxist party. That's what they are. There is no Democrat progressive. That's, that's ridiculous. It is a Marxist party. That's what they're after. And it's we, the people who hire these buffoons. We elect them to high office and then we hold them no accountable. We let them destroy us. So it is we, the people that really is guilty as charged here, IQ. I agree with you 100%, but I'm talking from the political point of view. Yeah. The people who are in control, when he starts printing $2.3 trillion, you're printing money that doesn't exist, yeah. except in cyberspace. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody has enough gold and silver and any metal of value yeah. equal to the, what you're printing. It's all in cyber space. It doesn't exist in reality, except in the imagination of the people. Yeah. 
Does that make sense to you? Well, it does. It's it's the problem I've been talking about for a long time. Is our debt is our undoing. It's going to it's going to kill us. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, countries around the. Well, first of all, Chinese is uh, China's certainly, as you know already, they are on the goal to replace uh, the U.S. currency for sure. They want to be the uh, the top dog out there, and uh, that's that's uh, they make no bones about that very clearly. Um, but yeah, no, the recklessness of the debt is over the top. And you're right, as, as, as compared to the amount of debt we have to our GDP, puts us in a mode of bankruptcy. If you, if you ran your business, my fellow Americans, or you ran your household in the same way that the government is doing, they would lock you up for sure. You could not get away with this. We are a bankrupt nation is what IQ is saying. I mean, assets and liability, we're in trouble. The only beautiful thing we have as an asset here is the amazing thing is American exceptionalism, is the American people. That, that's, that's where it comes from. That's, 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 the, that's the gold ticket here. But we are we are becoming the uh, you know this won't sound nice but we're becoming the politicians bitch uh, that's that's what the American people are becoming and it's the people we hire and a lot of people out here think that the that you know we somehow have to listen to the politicians and we we work for them you it, you all have it so backwards that part of the population that doesn't get it they work for us they, there is nothing here without that point being made now George McClellan. In your uh, article, which is, again, a brilliant read here, uh, this The China Matter, A Common Crisis for a Decadent West is the name of that one. All of these are going to be featured on America Out Loud, my friends, I, I assure you. But this one here, I want to, you know, picking up on IQ's point here, George, he talks about, let me read this to you from your article here. You say this, a post-Mao China with uh, less revolutionary fervor turned to remake China's future after Nixon and Kissinger opened the doors uh, to trade prosperity through capitalism and the idea that China's government would embrace capitalism. And I remember that moment, actually. And that's what IQ was just pointing out here and to, the, to China when it was all opened up. And I remember that moment when it happened. It was just celebrated from sea to shine and sea here. And they said, well, we thought about the, you say here, back to your article, we thought those wily Chinese took the bait and the West watched in amazement as the apparent spread of capitalism took hold and China grew economically before our eyes. We just didn't watch close enough. In the meantime, the miracle that was China was invited to participate in world trade organizations and open up markets everywhere. In fact, they were invited to participate in all these global organizations for sure. Um, and they made demands and so on and so forth. George, uh, let's talk about opening up China, pick up where IQ is, the danger and all that, which you talk about all the time. But that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, Amer we have made China into what they are. Well, exactly so. And it's because capitalism found markets in China, a growing China, and, and catered to their need to have our materials and our machinery and our production until mm -hmm. they had parity in that. And now they are pushing that stuff on us, but they use slave labor, of course, and we don't. Uh, that's why they're cheaper. Uh, they have, uh, they have uh, instituted plans that if you want to produce us to produce your product, then you have to give us parity with your, with your copyrights and your inventions. Yeah. And, and we did it because there's too big of a money, uh, too big of a money uh, issue in, involved. The simplest thing I can tell you is the National Basketball Association, NBA, 
Why did they get so close and so protective of China? Because shoes are cheap. You see the size <laughs> of the feet of some of those players? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I know. Well, that's uh, that says plenty right there, I guess. But yeah, no, they are. I mean, we've all sold out all these corporations, these mega oligarchs, and they all have all sold out to China. And and in the cyberland, it's really, really dangerous. Uh, let me let me bring in uh, Kathy Chamberlain and ask you this, Kathy. We hear George, we hear IQ here uh, as we set the tone here for opening up China. Uh, I'm guessing that most Americans have no idea. The, I, I'm guessing the vast majority of Americans, I would say, better to say it that way, probably, are not aware of the fact that we we really did make China. They don't really probably see it that way. How do we get this out to the American people, uh, pretty much, um, uh, Kathy, that, that this this warning we're speaking about right now, how do we get this point out? And, and can we? Do we have a chance to make wake people up to this point we're speaking of? We just saw what Hong Kong went through and they were effectively silenced. Are we at that point yet? That's the big question, because they just rounded up many of their activists over there, uh, as well as lawmakers. Uh, the first bunch of which were just um, sentenced to five years in prison. And some of them are facing life. So uh, they started off basically just a little bit over a year and a half, two years ago, back in 19, 2019, uh, by silencing people there, literally burning anti-CCP books um, and stifling free speech. So it didn't take them long to get to the point that they're at now. So I am concerned about that here because we've seen the beginnings of censorship already. Yeah, the people are not waking up to the truth here. And again, a lot of it is the messaging coming out of Washington politics and the fact that they've been chasing the fairy godmother of Russian politics now, blaming Russia for everything. It's become a laughingstock in our hallways uh, in political hallways and at the water cooler, obviously, with Russia, when China's been laughing. I mean, you know, Xi Jinping is sitting back there just uh, toasting the champagne on this deal uh, of, you know, what's taking place here. Um, you know, uh, all right. So we know that we have created the monster. Let's get let's let's draw some points here now as we as we build this thing here. So uh, everyone should be on the page now. America, the United States of America, has created this monster. Uh, we have, and and they have put all of their uh, Chinese spies and their students and all of our universities and our educational system. You've been hearing that for some years. It's not a fairy tale, people. It's happened. Uh, we see the whole virus thing when Trump. You know, you gotta. It's all very suspicious with the whole Wuhan virus. And of course, the politically correct leadership here demanding that we don't call it the China virus or the Wuhan virus, where it comes from, which typically is done with all viruses, by the way. But this is where the cancel culture and the PC crowd take over and try to manipulate the dialogue here of the American people. And, um, you know, they've been pushing that narrative uh, and trying to protect the Chinese interests. Well, in the meantime, the Chinese have, uh, you know, their students, like I said, all the universities, they're planting all of them in our major corporations, the oligarchs, and then our, the major technical oligarchs who run our big companies. We're talking now the Facebooks, the Googles, they are absolutely sleeping with the Chinese in every way they can. And they have people in those organizations. And so now you have the cyber threat as well as, uh, you know, the EMP threat to our nation. 
Um, and, you know, and all of that, there's going to be a day to pay a price for as well. So, you know, a lot of that is this making where we've made them into uh, this giant uh, where they have become a threat. And I guess when you combine them with others, it becomes a bigger threat. So I want to explore that next. The China, uh, the connection of all these people, China, Russia, the Biden administration have some specific points to that I want to make here. Um, as we do that, I want to welcome you into the program. If you're just joining us here, we are on the voice of a nation. It's Malcolm out loud here. We have a great group of folks here. I'll reintroduce you to in just a moment here. Um, and we're going to talk. We're talking about really China today is the big conversation. There are some uh, amazing articles that you need to read on the platform uh, that I was just sharing with you on these. The Rise of the Chinese Colossus is IQs. It's a must read. Uh, the China Matter, a common crisis for a decadent West from George McClellan is another one. And, uh, and, the, and another one from uh, Kathy Chamberlain, why Hunter's laptop could save Taiwan, Ukraine, and the world. And we're going to talk about the whole Biden-Hunter connection as well into this threat and kind of the laughing stock that that is as well. Uh, but uh, let me... Uh, uh, as we pause a moment, just to remind you that, you know, you catch us every day here on this program, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, you catch us anywhere in the world. Our apps are amazing on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Uh, you get the app, become part of the America Out Loud family. They are free. Uh, just go to your app store and type in America Out Loud Talk Radio. Or just go to AmericaOutloud.com. And right on the front page, in the, on the right side, there's a, a narrow bar there. I call it the bells and whistles. You'll find all kinds of networks we're associated with, podcast companies we're on, but the links to Apple, Android, and Alexa are right also in that sidebar. So get the app and connect with us there. While you're at the website, sign up for notifications, if you will. And then when we have these breaking news stories and like all these things happening, we'll, we'll send you a quick notification. You'll get in your web browser and you can go back and read it later, which is what I do with a couple of favorite sites. I don't give that privilege to everybody, but I give it to a couple. Like I wouldn't be giving that to CNN or something like that, you know? Uh, it's more of a suicide watch over there. But, uh, you know, but that's the way to do it for notifications. And then you're in the know. You can also sign up for our newsletter. All of that back is right there. Uh, we just reinvented our entire platform. Five years, my fellow Americans, five years, uh, America Out Loud. And we, we are getting ready for the next five years here in a big, big way. So, uh, again, a lot to happen. And stay close, please. And we're going to continue to do our uh, beat the drum here and get the word out there uh, across our country and around the world here. Uh, we'll take a pause here. Be back in just a moment with more Voice of a Nation. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. Liberty at AmericaOutloud.com. Now, never before in our history have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called ShopToTheRight.com. It's a new shopping platform that will help you find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America. They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. 
This is a time when we need to stick together. We need to shop together and we need to support each other. It's time for you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. ShopToTheRight.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement and veterans. Five incredible years, and we're just getting started. Well, they say time flies when you're having fun. Well, it also flies by when you're on a mission of love. Love of country, that is. Well, our goal is to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. You can listen in on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. AmericaOutloud.com. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. We join you back here on The Voice of a Nation. It's Malcolm Out Loud here. We have IQ Al Razuli, George McClellan, uh, Kathy Chamberlain here, and we're talking to you about the big threat that is. Uh, it is China and world affairs. And what you need to do out there, what we can do as Americans to change uh, this trajectory how we can ultimately uh, change course is really what we got to do. Uh, we have to do a 180 from where we're at. We're not going to get there at the current uh, rate we're running. Now, uh, I've got a few uh, thoughts I want to throw out to folks here, uh, to our group, our panel here today, and discuss with you all as well. Now, uh, get a load of this. Now, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, and I always have to, I always have to remember who who it is, uh, you know, because I'm. I would much have preferred to say Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, you know, uh, but Secretary of State Anthony Blinken says that there'll be consequences if Russia acts recklessly or aggressively against Ukraine. That was the threat he just put on after getting the Russia and China threats. I told you uh, in the earlier conversation that they came out and warned the Biden administration to back off, back off. You know, when it comes to the Ukraine, when it comes to Taiwan or Hong Kong or the Crimea, uh, back off. So here's what I asked you, IQ. Um, let's talk about, you know, Anthony Blinken's threat there. If Russia uh, acts recklessly or aggressively against Ukraine, what is, what is the uh, Biden administration going to do? I mean, how could America just let's be real here, IQ. How could America stop them? How could we stop Russia when it comes to Ukraine and Crimea? We didn't yet. How are we going to do it? How are we going to stop China from Taiwan and Hong Kong? How? You can't. It's all bull. Uh, sorry, BS. All of uh, who is he threatening? Putin. Putin is a three dimensional chess player. He didn't survive because he's stupid. He survived because he was extremely clever and focused. He, unlike Biden and his administration, he's a patriot. He's a super Russian patriot, has always been, by the way. If he wants to invade Ukraine, he can do that within 24 hours. And I promise you, nobody will be able to lift a finger. And the same thing with China. China will not invade Taiwan. China will circum 
navigate Taiwan, cut her resources from the outside world. She doesn't have to invade them. And nobody can do anything about it. By the way, to following up what Cathy said about uh, China and Hong Kong, Deng Xiaoping, he had an uprising at his hands in 1989. What did he do? It was the Tiananmen massacre. He had no intention of making China weak. He had no intention of making China a democracy. He had absolutely none of that. He knew if China goes to the like so-called democracy, there will be no China. It will fail like what happened to the Soviet Union. So we are focusing on two very important leaders. Ping in China, patriot. Putin in Russia, patriot. The leaders in America, all of them, on the left are completely and utterly treasonous. Tell me how they can win. They can't, I promise you. Back to you. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not uh, right. I mean, they're idle threats that they put out there. Uh, George, you see any way? Do you see any way at all uh, that uh, America could stop uh, playing to what IQ says there with China? I mean, back to Taiwan and Hong Kong. I mean, we we were all distraught over what they were doing with Hong Kong, and Hong Kong, Hong Kong was an amazing paradise where East met West. But you know, when when Britain uh, signed that back over to them after the hundred year deal, the uh, you know, and well, well before the hundred year deal, but China, uh, uh, that was that was the initial deal. And then China didn't wait, of course, because China's not worth their word. They never are. They never follow through on anything. I mean, clearly they're not worth the paper it's written on. Uh, that was a sad moment for humanity, a sad moment for Hong Kong, Congress for sure, and sad moment for everybody around the world. But everybody knew there was nothing we could do. I mean, we, we couldn't do anything about it, as well as Taiwan. So, you know, the only thing America can seem to come back with is financial sanctions, like anybody gives a rat's ass, uh, like these com- you know, like these countries really care, but sanctions. We seem to think we're, we play God with sanctions and global sanctions of sort. But I don't think it really matters, George, does it? No, it doesn't matter. And, and I agree with Al Razuli. There's nothing we can do about it. Hong Kong, j- just imagine hey, Hong Kong has been a thorn China side since the British colonized it centuries ago. Right. It was the springboard for the British Empire to harvest the riches of China. And the Chinese still know that. That is a motive for what they did. And once they got it back, they have absolutely no compunction of saying, well, we don't need to keep those agreements because what difference is it going to make anyway in 25 years? We've already got it. Let's take it. Let's make it part of our country. And they did. So uh, that's a fait accompli. It will not be corrected in our lifetime. It, no, it's not going to be corrected in our lifetime because the damage is done. Kathy, uh, it's, it, let's chime in again. It's pretty bad here what, what uh, we're saying, but there's nothing America. So I always laugh at the pundits and the other ones, Kathy, when they come out and say, well, you know, we're going to, we can do this or we can do that, or, or like this threat that, that Blinken makes, there'll be consequences. What are the, what are the consequences, Kathy, for real? I'm afraid there are none, at least not under the current leadership that we have, because as uh, you know, and I hope the audience knows that in our own Congress, Uh, According to Trevor Loudon, I just love his writings, and he's right on spot 
as far as the level of uh, communistic infiltration in our own Congress. So, you know, the, um, the Eric Swalwell uh, situation is nothing. Let's not forget that even... Um, uh, Diane Feinstein. Thank you. Her driver for 20 years. How does that go on? Um, the <laughs> whole Wuhan lab situation. I mean, that all started here in our American universities. And we donate money to them, by the way, Kathy. Absolutely, we do through our own NIH. Uh, uh, Fauci's baby at the NIAID. I mean, they're so infiltrated and we've sold out. Uh, to the point, I just uh, also like the, our two guests, I don't see any way of saving this. And the, the situation with Hong Kong and the British reminds me an awful lot of the Panama Canal <laughs> turnover. Um, and we'll see where that goes. That's a subject for a different, a different day. But uh, yeah, we've made some huge mistakes in the past. And Trump at least was... Um, uh, getting a lid on the situation and we had an opportunity to maybe turn things around or at least slow down this progression. I slow down. That's a good way to put it, actually, with Trump. And Kathy, uh, you mentioned uh, a moment ago the Panama Canal. And I remember, I want to ask you guys, because uh, George wrote about that in his column here. And it's, it's an interesting little ditty he has. Let me put, let me, it's, this is, this really should irritate everybody, but let, let me read you an excerpt from his piece here that plays to that. China sees it too. So how better to insert an army than by stealth? I don't mean infantry, artillery and tanks, but trained and dedicated soldiers hiding in plain sight like Chinatowns that nearly are in every coastal American city has them, of course. China's progress in deception could be realized as early as President Carter's term, when he relinquished ownership of the Panama Canal, who then sold the canal's operation to China. But, I, you know, I got thinking about these Chinatowns here. I'll have to tell you, isn't that, now let me ask you guys this here. I mean, so what if we went around, like China, they're all over the world, these Chinatowns. I mean, China, they, they really marketed this thing. And it's like an Apple store, but it's a Chinatown kind of thing, you know? What, what if we had like uh, American towns or what, I don't know what the hell we'd call it, U.S. towns or white Anglo-Saxon towns? Uh, how would that go over around the world, anyone? Huh. That's funny. Well, tell me, tell <laughs> me what's funny. Tell me, tell me. There's no way they would allow us to do that because they, their whole uh, ideology, even the way they think. I got to tell you, you mentioned um, in uh, from my book, The uh, Alinsky Tactics. Mm -hmm. Many people don't realize that there's 36 ancient tactics used in the Chinese culture that kind of mirror Alinsky's tactics. There's an old saying, for example, that says, loot the house when it's on fire. So in other words, hit your enemy when he's down, but also... Um, their tactic number 23 is befriend a distant state while attacking a neighbor, which kind of means that in order to beat your equal, to beat your equal enemy, don't attack him directly. Use somebody else to do the dirty work. It's fascinating. And if the if our audience has a chance, they ought to look up those 36 ancient uh, tactics. They're, they're actually called 36 Chinese stratagems for psychological warfare. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, the Chinatown IQ, what about that? What about opening up uh, white Anglo-Saxon towns all the way around the world? How, how the hell would that go over, my friend? First of all, you don't have enough white Anglo-Saxons. <laughs> you have 1.3 billion Chinese. By the way, we can complain about China. One thing happened under the, uh, after Deng Xiaoping. Yeah. China has now the largest and the most prosperous middle class in human history. Believe it or not, that's what's happening. They have the largest middle class in human history. Yeah, you talk about that in your article, actually. Yeah, they have, yeah. Do you have any idea how many? They have 100 billionaires. They have yeah. billionaires. Yeah, We're not yeah. talking about millionaires. We're talking about billionaires who drive Bentleys and Rolls Royces. When only 50, 60 years ago, they were driving bicycles. Yeah, you, you, say, you say here in your article, China, like I said, largest middle class in history and history of the world. But then you say it's greater than the U.S. population and it's expected to reach 550 billion in the next two years. Is that correct? 550 million. Definitely. Yes. That's America is about 330 million. Right. That's the whole of America. Oh, the, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. 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 The population. We're Unbelievable. Talking, right? Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't you, you have to respect them. OK. You can fear them, fine, but you have to respect them. I respect them because they are patriotic. To me, the most important thing in a human being right. is to believe in your people, to believe in your nation, to believe in your state. You have no beliefs anymore. You know, your constitution, the American constitution has been the best document ever created by the human mind. And a piece of garbage, with all due respect, your, uh, your foreign minister in the United Nations, a black woman, she said the Constitution is racist. Did you know that, by the way? Yeah, I heard it somewhere. I, I know. You heard I mean, it. I mean, no, no, you shouldn't hear it. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. saying I'm, the question is this. Yeah. How is it possible yeah. that the black U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Linda Thomas Greenfield, yeah, yeah. be allowed to continue when she told the world body that the U.S. Constitution is racist. That's not only feeding the anti-American leftist false rhetoric, but giving America's enemies ammunition to attack her with. Well, IQ, the U.N. is not our friend. I mean, come on, I'm not surprised. Yeah, but, but you're missing the point. She is a representative of the American people, and she's telling the whole world that they are racist. I right. couldn't give a damn when it was United Nations. No, I get the point. But I mean, our people don't care. They don't care what they say. So, I mean, people should care, but they don't care. Um, let's, no. let's, let's not forget that our own, one of our own Supreme Court justices, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, mm -hmm. did the same thing while uh, offshore. She was over, I think it was Africa, was it not, that she said, uh, that that yes, it was, South, uh, and that she was hoping that they would start uh, making a constitution that was not like ours, but rather a breathing, living document. And she found fault with our constitution here and made it very clear. Well, this is exactly the point I'm raising. If you are not proud of your own nation, how the hell are you expected to defend it? Which stupid American will go to go fight when he knows or she knows that her people are racist? Nobody will volunteer. Yeah. If there is war, and there's going to be war, by the way, 
in the next six months, there is going to be war, one way or the other, whether it's the Middle East, or Ukraine, or China in the Pacific, there is going to be war. All right, let, let's build on that point. Now, that I'm glad you said what you just said, because that, that kind of spikes the ball a little bit, IQ, uh, spiking the ball about there is going to be war. George, I want you to pick up where IQ is and tell me, do you agree with what he says that the, he, I mean, he, he, he just said an affirmative point of view that there will be war in the next six months. Do you agree with that? Of course I do. Uh, and uh, it, that we have three potential, four potential targets uh, because we are at the moment in this discussion, Iran. Iran is bankrupt. And this idiot we have as a president is trying to uh, reestablish that Obama's failed program. Anything that's not Trump. But I wanted, I was about to interrupt on another point, you asked an interesting question, and the question was, why can't we have Celtic or Anglo-Saxon communities around the world? It's because we already have. They were called colonialists. And as far as America is concerned, I grew up in the era of cartoons where we read Terry and the Pirates, and we knew about Fu Manchu and Charlie Chan the mysteries of the Orient, and we wanted to go there. We wanted to see these places if we could. The only way was steamships. We listened to these on radio mysteries. That is our appeal as, as Occidentals to the Oriental life. But we were already there. Who wants to repeat the British colonialism or the Germans or the Portuguese? Because they just went to take everything. So Rizzoli is correct. That will not happen again. It just said it won't happen again. Now, as far as war, uh, I think China is looking forward to the Winter Olympics. So they're not going to screw that up by attacking anybody. They don't need to attack Taiwan right. unless they want to. Because all they have to do is have the threat of being able to do it. And we, we have to react to that threat. And we're not going to react positively as long as we're teaching our sailors, airmen, and soldiers that transgenders are good fighters. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Well, let's talk about that a minute because you talk about that in your article as well. There are two big points, guys, I want to make here that are, uh, let's, in this next uh, segment of time, I want to talk about the buildup of China's military. Uh, and I want to get that in now before we get to our, uh, the rest of the program and on the second hour. Uh, George, in your piece, and, and IQ, I want you to comment on what George puts in his, his article here. And, uh, and, and comment on this. And, and here's what he is saying here. He says, China first purchased three unfinished but rusting hulls of former Soviet aircraft carriers made redundant with the fall of the Soviet Union. But the Soviets were so far behind U.S. naval technology and force projection by aircraft carriers that when the Soviet Union collapsed of its own weight, the carrier hulls appeared to be a bargain. China did launch one ex-Soviet carrier, but feared it would sink in its first sea trials. Undaunted, they built their own platform with a British-introduced flight deck ramp for launching aircraft. They introduced a working copy of the US F-35 aircraft with the stealth of our technology and many other military items, bypassing years of expensive research and development. I mean, this is how the Chinese steal everything, people, you know. Uh, no need to, re uh, to invent it when you can just steal it, right? Uh, readers may remember that former President Clinton gifted China 
with the use uh, aircraft company's intercontinental missile pinpoint guidance system as an act of goodwill, sort of an act of appeasement, if you will. Well, Americans always like to help the underdog, don't we? So that was the point that uh, George made in his piece. IQ, talk about that, that what, I, what we talk about there, the build up the China military, please, and being the underdog and, yeah. Well, they were, not, they were never actually the underdog. Uh, China had an atom bomb, I think, in 1949, or they were able to have an atom bomb in 1949. Uh, again, the Central Intelligence Agency, as usual, completely and utterly miscalculated how long it would take China and Russia to make an atom bomb. They literally were wrong by three to four years. The Chinese were able to do it much faster and the Russians did much, also the same. This is exactly the same problem they are facing now with Iran. I'm not digressing because I'm trying to explain something. What the CIA estimates is invariably wrong. I mean, from the Bay of Pigs, you don't need more than that to prove my point. They didn't succeed in Vietnam. They didn't succeed in Afghanistan. They didn't succeed in Iraq. You are failing because you are not understanding the mentality of the enemy. Uh, we were discussing it, the Chinese military the theorist. He said, to win a battle, if you, if you know your enemy, as well as you know yourself, in 100 battles, you win every one of them. But if you don't know your enemy and you don't know yourself, in 100 battles, you lose every single one of them. And this is what's happening with America. We were discussing who was the greatest threat to America. It was never Russia under Putin. It was always, and I repeatedly said this, Islam and China. Islam and China. China will be the dominant power on earth. No question in my mind. The 21st century, no matter how we slice it, belongs to China. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, the, the other speakers here will try to correct me. But Islam is more insidious, more destructive. It's the worst virus. The Quran is the deadliest virus in, that has ever infected the human mind. Well, if I may say, China is the biggest threat. Islam is the second biggest threat. We know the Chinese does not like religion, so there will be a conflict between those two at some point in our history. And uh, uh, Iran is almost bankrupt, at least for the moment, they're almost bankrupt. And the, uh, the uh, financial grip we have on them is working. They have, they're, they're losing uh, their ability to project war. But still, we, we, we have fumbled away our advantage militarily and industrially, and we have allowed our own people to be trained, and uh, uh, trained is not the word I'm looking for, be educated by Marxists. So the biggest, the biggest enemy to America, apart from the threat presence of China and Islam, is the Democrat Party, because they are totally Marxist, and they have been spending five decades changing our culture and yeah. as it is now corrupt and greedy american corporations have allowed china mm. to to masticize because of the dollar 
Yeah. All for profits. Yeah, and if we really came together as Americans, uh, we would have this thing licked in no time. I mean, the power is always here within. But it was always been pointed out for a long time that America is threatened from within, not from outside of America. I have said this so many countless times over the years, but it really has to start with we the people. It, 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 it truly starts at this grassroots level right here. And it's the people we elect to office again. And the only way to do that, my fellow Americans, is to wake up again, those people just to the center aisle in the independent, not even so much the independents, they'll come along with, with the patriots and conservatives, uh, the moderates, left of center. We need to get to the left of center, uh, those kinds of people, and we need to get them, but they're watching and listening to the wrong people with the multimedia, and then they're brainwashed. Uh, somehow they live in this fairy tale land that the most important thing to them is transgenderism, uh, that, you know, God makes you a, a boy or a girl or a man or a woman, and you decide you want to be the opposite. And somehow that's a legitimate argument. And, you know, I say, listen, if somebody wants to, whatever, put a, you know, attach a penis to their nose, I mean, they can do what the hell they want to do. Just don't push that stuff on me. If you want to walk around public, like I said, with a penis hanging off of your nose, that's your business. I'm okay with that. Okay. But don't sit there and push that onto society. And that's what's happening, people. They want you to take the concept that, okay, well, if we're going to attach a penis to our nose, you've got to accept that. And you've got to accept that it's legitimate for everybody to attach a penis to their nose. And that's going to be legit. And that irritates the hell out of me. You understand? You know, that's well, don't wrong. Forget, don't forget, they're also pushing this climate change business. That's, oh, yeah. that's total nonsense. You know, people have tried thought they could control the weather for centuries and no one yet in the democrat party has been able to explain yeah. why how they're going to plug up all the 400 plus <laughs> volcanoes that erupting around the world every day yeah well that's earth itself you're so right george and itself. yeah and and what they what they're going to control actually uh, is uh, they, they'll end up controlling um uh, well, I mean, like you say, control the climate. They're not controlling the climate. They're controlling our pocketbooks. That's what they're controlling, our pocketbooks, because that's what climate change is all about. It's just about greed, people. Listen, we have experts all on our platform at AmeriCorps. Anything you ever want to know about climate change, anything at all, we have it right out of AmeriCorps. We have leading scientists, uh, the best in class right there. Just go look up Dr. J. Lair, Tom Harris. Go look up those folks and see. Uh, they run the International Science Coalition. Uh, they'll tell you everything about this product. And they're so connected with the world of this. Uh, it's remarkable. Uh, you know, the other thing, uh, to, uh, as we're on this uh, buildup of the military, I want to add to you uh, the danger in all of this. Uh, you know, uh, it, you know, it gives me chills, by the way. I got I to gotta say this to you. It's just... It gives me chills when I hear IQ say, well, the dominant player, you know, in this next century, Malcolm, uh, is going to be China. I mean, there's no way to look about it. And of course, I, like I say, I get chills with that pretty much uh, because I am thinking that uh, he's right. He's right. And, I, you know, it doesn't give a patriot a warm and fuzzy to think that. It just makes our work here that much more important. Uh, and to rally to you to help us, uh, please get the word out there in every way that you can. But as George points out in his article, his amazing read, I mean, he's got a, both him and IQ, their pieces are blistering. Kathy's as well as published as well on there. 
amazing pieces. And it, it definitely you want to read these and circulate them. So people, if we don't get the truth out there, it, it, it's we're not anywhere. Um, George McClellan says in his piece tr about transgenderism, he says a word of caution here. I reviewed the U.S. Navy Times publication on the internet today. And what was their main concern? Sending social counselors to sea to comfort sailors away from home for their first time to ensure transgender parity for jobs and advancements and see to it that hate crimes don't develop. We might have the strongest Navy in the world, but I don't think we really have a chance if push comes to shove against the Chinese. The only thing I would say to that is, you know, we might have the strongest Navy in the world, but I don't think we really have a chance in hell if push comes to shove against the Chinese. I mean, you can sit and complain all day long about the cancer that is in Washington, but we created it. We put it in there, we empowered it. We, it's like feeding the dragon. Yeah, the, he's gonna come after you and bite your ass, but we fed him, we created him. And that's who's to blame for this episode right here. You can sit all day long and speak of Biden is worthless. The Biden administration, it's worthless. It's not even worth your breath. I mean, and do I believe? No, they're just here at a moment in time is being used as a puppet for greater things. He doesn't mean anything. Obviously, everybody's laughing about this whole thing on the election. Let's face it. So what happens next? And when IQ says, well, six months and we'll see. I don't know. We'll see what happens if there is going to be a war of people you know, uh, are able to um, hold back, but there, there's an expansion coming uh, out here across the country, some uh, around the world, rather. Something doesn't seem right. It doesn't feel right. Yeah, we, you all know what I mean. You, something doesn't feel right right about now. And, and it's all kind of a product of what's happened over the last couple of years, really, and how they tried to slam Trump for four years and steal it back and all of that. So, hey, that's what, what can I tell you? We, we've got a battle to do ahead here. We'll continue on the battle. We're going to take a pause here and we'll get into the second hour on the voice of a nation. And, and we'll, we'll do it here with our uh, panel, distinguished panel here. We'll be back just after this. Heart and soul of a nation beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor, honor, honor. our soul. soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Welcome back to Voice of a Nation here. It is Malcolm Out Loud. We have a distinguished panel today. IQ Al Razuli is here. George McClellan and Kathy Chamberlain are all here. And uh, we're having a great conversation here. Everybody has got uh, these great write-ins, uh, uh, columns. You want to definitely articles you want to go read at americaoutloud.com. I'll fill you in on more of that ahead. A very serious topic today is we're talking about uh, the infiltration of China around the world and what's happening in our country. There were some pretty serious predictions made in the first hour of the program. If you missed that, catch it all on podcast, friends. And let me also remind you, take a moment to remind you that Voice of a Nation is here every day, Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 to 7 
Uh, there is an encore place a little later in the day as well. Get all that information back at AmericaOutloud.com, my, my friends. It's the best place to get it here. I'm speaking to you as an optimist, by the way. Let me also put that caveat out there. Malcolm is absolutely an optimist. I believe in America. I believe in we the people. Uh, I believe that we can do all things, but I don't live with my head in the sand. I don't do the flamingo dance, you see? I don't do the flamingo dance. I'm a realist as well, but I am an optimist and I believe in American exceptionalism. I believe in you out there. Let me be clear to make that point. So um, I don't care what anybody else thinks on this program when it comes to that point. Uh, I will always have your back and have the last voice when it comes to America. But at the same time, sometimes we have to, uh, you know, we have to face the reality and the truth. And that can hurt people. The, nobody said the truth was ever comfortable. Uh, the out loud truth can have a, can, ha can, ha can have a tinge to it, you know, can feel uncomfortable. And we know what that means, but I think we have to face reality of where, where we're at really right now uh, when it comes to these kinds of conversations, you know. Uh, we had this whole election here in 2020. Uh, President Trump was a threat uh, to uh, China. President Trump was a threat to a lot of people. I mean, he was, uh, in fact, in uh, George McClellan's um, article there, uh, which I've uh, told you about, and uh, the title of that, let me give that to you again. So you look these up on AmericaOutloud.com, please. It's called The China Matter, A Common Crisis for a Decadent West. I love the title of that. <laughs> a Common Crisis for a Decadent West. That should tell you plenty right there. See? Okay. All right. And he says this, when problems or disagreements occur, their standard response is to deny everything, admit nothing, and blame somebody else. Now, obviously, he's speaking about the Marxist left there. I don't even have to tell you. I, could, I just know because that's their, that's their marching orders right there from Satan. That's their marching orders. And so it goes with the West, afraid to call them out until, guess who? The Calvary came in, Donald J. Trump who saw and understood that the Chinese were doing from his perch as a builder of world infrastructures. Now, let me say to you this. Trump knew what the threat was. Let me remind you all, through that entire election in 2015 and 2016, when they were losing their collective marbles because Trump was gaining steam and they, it was like the little engine that could. Trump was like, I, I, I can do this. I think I can. I think I can. And the American people started to get behind him. And the left and the Marxists were they were they were just losing it. They were losing their grip, people. They, they, they never but they really still don't think Trump had it. They thought they had enough uh, uh, finagling going on there with the election in 2016 to pull it all down. They thought for sure that Hillary would be crowned the queen, Queen Hillary uh, for the day. And she would become the next Marxist to follow uh, Obama's eight uh, magnificent years of destroying our nation, you see. And that's kind of how that would have went. But that didn't happen. So Trump was sort of the Paul Revere. of the, I look at Trump as a Paul Revere, exactly what I do. Now, he's, he's a bit more loud and obnoxious than Paul Revere. But Paul Revere probably wasn't a friendly dude either. He probably could get under your skin a little bit when he's, you know, uh, 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 riding his horse through the town, screaming on his, you know, you're trying to sleep and he's out there screaming. The British are coming. The British, I mean, probably wasn't a real friendly other. But I look at Trump as kind of a Paul Revere. Uh, but, you know, he really got under their skin is what happened. And they didn't know what to do with Trump because they seen him as a, a real problem. Now, now, Trump went after the, the China immediately. Now, it was magnificent, actually. You remember down in Mar-a-Lago when he had Xi Jinping down there and the two, you remember that? And then he had the missiles. He, he ordered that to happen with North Korea. We had that little uh, action that happened right there in um, 
uh, at that time when he was talking. And it was like he was showing his uh, strength right to Xi Jinping and the world and toasting champagne with him and his wife. Yeah. I, and I'm getting friendly. That was art of the war. Sun Tzu right there. You keep your friends real close, man. And and, and, and learn to square dance with him as well while you can. Do a do si do or two. He did all that with Xi Jinping. And then he tried to curtsy a little bit here. And he went this other road with Xi Jinping. And, uh, you know, and then he said, uh, you know, oh, I really like Xi Jinping. Yeah, my friend. And the media, they were all having a heart attack. Yeah, what you, your friend? You mean the Marxist uh, premier emperor Zhuzhur of China, Xi Jinping, is your friend? Get out of here. And that's what was happening there. And he was sort of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The media, they were all going crazy. What do you mean? And of course, Trump was having successes and he had North Korea success going on with the other lunatic out there, uh, the midget in North Korea, you know, all that was happening, right? And, and, but they were crazy. And, and so Trump was the threat. And at the same time, you see, here's what really undid us. Trump wanted to play, uh, he wanted to play uh, chess or checkers, either one, with uh, Vladimir Putin. He recognized that America has much more in common than with Russia than we do with China. Uh, China Russia, by the, by the way, is a very Christian nation. Uh, and IQ can speak about that in just a little bit here, uh, but they're a very Christian nation. And he wanted to... Um, uh, he, he really seen the fact, like, again, back to front, keep your frenemies or adversaries close by. Absolutely. In fact, invite him in for champagne at Mar-a-Lago and then send the missiles off is perfect, you know? Uh, absolutely. I endorse that all day long. And that's kind of what was happening. But you see, he couldn't get Russia in here because of the Marxist left in our country who made Russia uh, the poster child for everything that was wrong. They made them like a little peewee doll they keep stabbing needles at, you know, bing, take that, you little bastard, take, ding, take that. And that kept going on and on and on and on, you see? And Russia became the laughingstock at the water cooler, basically here back home is what happened. It was sickening, it was stupid. Anybody who could see and understand any kind of foreign policy at the elementary school level knew what was happening here. Xi Jinping was back there, he was loving it. I mean, he was just having a great time back there after he left Mar-a-Lago, seeing all this happen. When they had all that that bad stuff in the dossier and we had all of that stuff coming out of Russia with Christopher Steele and right. You remember all that? Trump was sleeping with the Russians and oh my God, he was peeing on them in hotels in Moscow. And oh my golly, it was quite the soap opera here. For real, for real. So this is called American politics, pure entertainment people, red and blue fighting like hell with each other while China and Russia sit back there and laugh and what have you. Satan's disciples, you know, evil, the fight of evil. Right? And and that's that's what's happening, people. And so uh, it, so it all becomes unglued and he never could get uh, Vladimir Putin or Russia in our conversation. Uh, Russia became the boogeyman, the boogie boogeyman twice over, you see, the boogeyman. And everybody knew Russia was the boogeyman. And we, you know, they had it all brand. None of it was true. But, you know, if you keep saying the same garbage in media enough, people will believe it's true. If I keep, if I tell you every day, it's like when they tell little Johnny as a boy, little Johnny, you're a bad boy. You you can't do that. Little Johnny, by 18 years, little Johnny knows he's a bad boy when he grows up. Part of the problem why a lot of people are screwed up today because of their childhood. They were told so many times they were a bad boy or they were told, no, they couldn't do it. Well, then they grow up to be a bank robber. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on, you know? So you keep telling somebody you can't do it, you can't do it. Psychology plays into all of this stuff. 
So at that point, we were screwed, basically. And uh, China sat back there and loved all of this. And now you've got China and Russia who are starting to play with each other a little bit more. And they'll probably stop playing more with a, with a bad game of Chinese checkers, if you will. I'll give you, I'll give you one Crimea for one Taiwan. How about the South China Sea for the, for the Crimea Peninsula? Yeah, okay. How about the Ukraine? We'll throw that in for bonus here. And maybe we'll go after, yeah, well, I kind of like the Chinese are all over the Philippines right now. Maybe they want the Philippines. Who knows, right? Wow, I digress. Man, did I get lost on that one. Let me, uh, somebody take it away here and let me bring on, I'm talking about Trump as the threat. Kathy, I want you to go here. I want you to talk about uh, your terrific article here about, you know, this whole election, why Hunter's laptop could save Taiwan, Ukraine, and the world. Um, and I've, I've tried to set the tone for, I, I don't know if I did a good job or not, but what was happening with Russia, China, United States, uh, Hunter Biden, the Biden family, uh, the gazillions of dollars they've won. Take it away, Kathy. Yeah, I think that was brilliant, that lead in. Uh, and I will say, let's not forget when uh, uh, President Trump made his first visit over to China to visit with uh, Putin. Before he even got on the plane, John Brennan was back here calling him a traitor. Uh, so these globalists have been working at this for a good long time. And back to just real quickly here, uh, IQ's point about the Islamists. Um, I am very concerned there too, not as much as China, of course, but remember when Obama changed all the language and that to your point, Malcolm, that just changing the dialogue, repeating things over and over again. Well, Obama changed all of the, um, the references in our intel agencies training manuals and took out words like jihad uh, and anything that could make Islamist terrorists look bad. So they're doing the same thing today, of course, you know, with our military and uh, uh, referencing patriots, Trump patriots, as homegrown violent extremists. So that's basically where we're going uh, because the globalists are aligned with the CCP. But I'm all about connecting the dots. And when I first uh, saw this come across the news flash about uh, Taiwan and Ukraine, uh, both being uh, dangled kind of in front of Biden's face that, that, that they were up for the grabs, let's say, uh, by uh, China and Russia, I immediately uh, went back to the Hunter Biden laptop in my head because my thought was, well, how the heck is the Biden, is the Biden administration or Biden himself even going to be able to attack this because he's so owned by China? And we know what happened there in Ukraine. And for the audience, just a refresher course there, uh, that phone call that President Trump kept calling the perfect phone call, and I saw nothing wrong with it actually, but some whistleblower that was really just a deep state plant uh, came out and uh, basically said that his, uh, his phone call was horrible. They called him the quid pro guy president on that, uh, when in actuality, when all the facts came out later, it was Biden who was the quid pro uh, person in this whole equation with the Ukraine, because as you remember that video that pretty much went viral, he uh, was looking at his watch saying, 
well, you know what? I want to get the head prosecutor there in Ukraine fired. Why did he want to get him fired? Because he was investigating uh, Biden's son, Hunter, all about the Burismo, the energy company that Hunter was affiliated with. So uh, our then president, vice president, rather, Biden, he was the point man. He was in charge of, of all things Ukraine and the United States. So he basically threatened our taxpayer money to be withheld, a billion dollars of it, to be withheld if the Ukraines did not fire their prosecutor. Now, you have to remember that prosecutor was pretty much like our version of Bill Barr. Uh, he was the head of the country. Uh, uh, so... Biden got really heavily invested there as well as in China, because then they headed over uh, to China, he and his son Biden, and apparently got something like $1.5 billion. Well, now some new news was just released by John Sullivan, who I have the utmost respect for his investigative reporting. Um, but he just released new information that included, I guess they had proposals uh, Hunter did, uh, and this is all, of course, through his um, his uh, his investments. Uh, but they had plans to build a Sea World uh, theme park in the communist country. You were talking about going and and putting in some American or Anglo-Saxon, whatever. That would have been the ultimate, if you think about it. Uh, but the only problem with that is that it's all going to be funded by the Chinese, the CCP. So they would be controlling everything, including Vice President Biden. Now I ran across in my research for that particular article, uh, some really interesting information out of Peter Schweitzer, who always is right on the money with his investigative reporting. And he's he's got a favorite saying, as many of us do, follow the money. But the interesting thing is he's saying this time it's with a twist as far as China goes with the Biden family, because not only is money involved with this whole transaction, it really has to do with foreign policy, changing foreign policy. So this is very scary stuff. How in the world is the president of the United States supposed to handle these threats coming down from China and Russia in a one-two punch, by the way, they did this on the exact same day. You don't think they knew exactly what they were doing. Um, but this is, uh, we, we got to see how this plays out because I don't see how he can make a move one way or another without their direct influence in the outcome. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, there's a couple of things here. The, uh, uh playing to how Biden got the nod to become, uh, the president, when we see now, send the culprit, and George picks up on this in a big way in his article. Uh, it, it comes back to uh, the media, of course, is very complicit in all of this. Uh, the media, that's the biggest threat, is going to be the Democrat Party and the media. And he puts it out there. And I, I want to focus on that a moment because that's really where it's at. And society as a whole has changed. Uh, we're, we're thinking differently in the way we think about it. George, you point this out in your article. You talk about um, 
the uh, America's youth. And I want you and IQ to opine on this uh, because IQ always goes off on this as well. And But you say it here pretty well. You say America's youths, on the other hand, are no copy of the Red Guards. The Red Guards were all Chinese. America's imitation is violent Black Lives Matter and Antifa's blowhards are composed of a diverse uh, polyglot of races. It's leadership claimed by incompetent blacks whose focus, apart from spending millions of dollars on private homes, is simply the fun of destruction, looting, and arson, with the occasional murder, mostly against white Americans, thrown in. Their cancel culture is tearing down Civil War statues and renaming schools. Interestingly, the Black Lives Matter movement is really led by white Marxists. Radicals who appear to have organizational and pre-planning skills while the rest are a really miserable lot of ignorant people. They will be the first groups rounded up and executed. George, tell me about that paragraph, please, America's Youth. It has to do with the, the decades of, of brainwashing our children have been subjected to without us doing anything about it, us meaning conservatives. We're aware of it. Uh, we now even see uh, uh, the the, uh, the left trying to impose new ideas, this uh, race, critical theory on race. It even has got into West Point. A U.S. Army officer, now uh, congressman, wrote a letter to the superintendent of West Point demanding that that critical race theory be be removed because they're tra trying to train soldiers to fight wars, not as social workers. The uh, so we've had these years of education of of our youths who are learned are being taught to hate America, and they're being taught to hate America not because there's any facts to support it, but because the teachers have been trained to to present it and to have a job. Uh, you have to stay in the union. Uh, you have you have the problem of uh, as a teacher, you have the problem of obeying or quitting. And then a lot of them have quit, but those that didn't only strengthen the 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 cadres of people who are training our children. It's a particularly odious odorous in our colleges and universities, uh, <clears throat> and they're even now moving into the uh, trying to politicize science as we see with uh, climate change, for example. And so it, the first thing we have to do is take, take over our schools. Yeah, uh, we, we've got a lot of people are pushing for that uh, at America Out Loud, and we write and talk a lot about it. IQ, this whole thing about uh, America's youth, uh, which you certainly have been on top of um, right along here, but, you know, it, playing to what you said earlier about the 21st century and this next century really belonging to China and then talking about, well, conflict is coming. And again, you know, your your moments earlier that you were warning the world and warning America, basically, uh, when you take a look at America's youth and what George puts out there in his piece and certainly what you have written and talked about before, it really adds more insult to injury here, IQ, because it makes it a real tall order now uh, because we've got this infiltration now of a mindset 
that is out there in our, our culture. Our culture is, as he said, they're all they're worried about transgenderism and things that they think are important. Even our military are all lined up that way. That to me, IQ, it makes me very nervous and really is the recipe for a disastrous outcome. Just for your information, the talk show now we're having you and I and is 1,778 talk show I've had with the American news media since 2008. So I've been on this subject for a very long time. And what I said every single time is that a nation fails at the really basic state when the family fails. The building block of a nation is the family. When the family fails, the nation fails. How did the family fail? The father and mother were trying to get rich, to get money, to educate their children. And they spent tens of thousands of dollars sending them to the best schools they can possibly get. And what, who was teaching them? Leftists. They were not teaching them. They were indoctrinating them. I've been saying it for almost 60 to 70 years. American students have been indoctrinated repeatedly by leftists. Almost invariably white leftists. Whites. To hate America. To think of America as an imperialist nation. Not to have leisure or understanding of the Constitution not to support the Constitution. Everything negative about America was being taught in the schools and in schools, by the way, from school, high school, and university. In the meantime, the parents never went to go to the headmaster and ask him, what are you doing? What are you teaching? Nobody did that. And nobody is doing it now as we speak. Yet you are paying tens of thousands of dollars to universities. Without, without your money, these universities will collapse. Are you with me? I mean, it's so important to understand. The building, the building bricks of a nation is the family. What you have now produced are monsters. Children who have no imagination. They are not really educated. They are indoctrinated. And by the way, what's happening now is exactly a replica of Nazi Germany. The Nazis started with burning books they didn't agree with. BLM is demolishing the history of America. It's exactly the same. You can't miss words with this. The destruction of a nation is when you have a culture whereby it is the opposite of everything we believed in. For example, hate is love. Sex is not acceptable. Uh, you can be a male, a female, a transgender, transvestite. All these things are not logical, but they are imposing it on America. This is frightening. Believe me, I've been saying this for years and I've always said I'm scared. Well, now I'm not scared. I have come to the conclusion that in my lifetime, I'm not going to see anything good. What worries me 
It's for my children and grandchildren. Mm. How about you? Yeah, that's it, brother. That is so well said, IQ. So well said. The passion in your speak and uh, the words resonate and sent uh, shivers down my spine. And I, 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 I agree with every syllable, of course. Uh, it is a warning sign for all of us. We talk about the family unit. He is so correct with that. Uh, we talk about the threats and what they are exactly. And, you know, I, before he started talking, I made this uh, ominous forecast about the fact that, it, you know, it's, it's quite troubling um, that optimist or no optimist or whatever, that the culture is so flawed right now. Uh, and it, it, it's beyond anything I can say to you, like, you know, like you say, okay, well, I have an optimistic viewpoint here, or I have a way to bring this forward. How can we really, when you've got the entire culture working against us? I mean, he put it out there perfectly. And, you know, it is right, the family, as the mom and mom and dad is working and all of that. That's, that's a fact, people. We're all busy doing our lives, building our lives. And, and all these events that have been so strange in the last few years, uh, very, very strange things have been happening. We all know it. We can all feel it. I mean, it's not a secret. And we know something doesn't feel right. There are a lot of people in my circle who believe that we are in some sort of end times. They believe we surely are being tested. Uh, I mean, I point out to you every day that it is a fight of good and evil. Uh, I know that. I know what we do here is vitally important. I get up even this morning, I, I, I get up and I, I recognize we've got a big day today. A big day. I'm recording a couple of shows. I've got this esteemed panel coming on. And I'm moved by the moment of the importance of the work, my fellow Americans, the importance of it. And that really is what gives me a jump in my step and allows me to go down for extra uh, powers within me, even when I'm tired, even when I, I don't really want to get on here and talk about the next topic, you see? I say, well, I really would like prefer to take today off, quite frankly. And But yet there's a driving mechanism in me that says, no, we have to march forward, Malcolm. We have to do this. We have to get this message out. And we have another one tomorrow we have to get out. And we have to prepare for the weekend and programming and planning after that. And that's where my mind goes. And so, you know, I, I see the tall order, though, that is, believe me, it's, it's really, I guess, the whole reason why this has come together at America Out Loud is really the perfect thing I can say to you. Uh, it's come together for all the reasons that I'm speaking about here. Um, it's important. If we don't do it, who will do it? If we don't speak loud, who will speak loud enough? If we don't call the facts out and the truth out, who will do it for us? Who? Nobody has left people. And so this makes this job and this work and this role very uncomfortable, but essential, vitally, vitally important, because the only chance we have is to wake this culture up. And we've got to do it somehow and respectfully as we can. I mean, I, it's, I, I don't have all those answers as to how that happens. You know, I don't have the answers, but I, it is a tall order. So we are speaking on the voice of a nation here. It is Malcolm out loud. We have a very distinguished panel today. Uh, 
It's an honor to be here always with you. You know that this is a mission I'm on. It's always, I end it with, this is a mission. I start with a mission. I end with a mission. It is a mission. I don't do this for my health uh, specifically at all. In fact, it's probably counterintuitive to my health, <laughs> but I, I do this for love of country, love of this nation, love of our people, love of humanity, and surely love of God Almighty. We will pause just a moment. We join you on the other side. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa. Award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. The America Out Loud family is comprised of patriots in the true sense of the word. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty and the Constitution to help save America for future generations to come. AmericaOutloud.com It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. We're back on the voice of a nation in our final run around the racetrack here and talking about this big story, all that roads lead to Beijing, China, uh, the evil empire, I guess you could call them. You know, we used to call... Russia, as I remember, the evil empire. You remember that back in the day with Reagan here and Margaret Thatcher, Pope John Paul, Mikhail Gorbachev, tear down that wall, you know, and that was it. Russia was the evil empire. Remember then the Soviet Union, obviously the bigger one, but uh, but that all worked out, didn't it? Uh, Ronald Reagan was a, was a man, number 40, by the way, number, president number 40. He was a man whose time had come. In fact, I often look at Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump is bookends, bookends to some sort of salvation, but in between there was a nightmare, just an absolute nightmare. Uh, Bush, Clinton, Bush, Obama, all those years, uh, 25, 30 years of BS that really pulled America back, uh, even with the, uh, the might of American exceptionalism and the growth and the prosperity of the American people on uh, really everything that we have going for us. We were, we were really fighting a tall order. 
And, but we had the best in class here and we were able to do some amazing things with best in class, despite everything that was against us. We had the biggest buffoons running our political operatives in, in DC. Both political parties were as corrupt as the day was long. And uh, yet we were somehow able to still prevail. That, that gives you just a glimmer to start with here in this last round here that we talked to you, okay? So that tells you that anything is doable. It, it, we can't win the race, but by golly, it's getting awfully late in the evening now to be winning the race uh, before the lights go out and we do lose. And you say, what's behind all this? You know, exactly. Uh, I look at generations and I remember when Brokaw wrote the thing about the greatest generation. We talked about the greatest generation after the world wars and what America had done um, with God's blessing, keep in mind. This would have never happened without God's blessing. It's a Judeo-Christian nation. Uh, but again, people who run around thinking God is in control of all this, God doesn't fix man's problems. God gave free will to man to fix it and to figure it out. He doesn't, he doesn't play cleanup behind us to make it all perfect and beautiful. A lot of people think, well, why, why, is, you know, why, why is God doing that? Or some, something wrong happens and they blame it on God. Free will, we have free will. It's not up to God to fix all of this. That's not his role. I mean, we have to figure it out and grow up at some point, people. Humanity, that is. And if not, there's a price to pay for that on this planet Earth, you see. And now then you bring it to that point, and then you bring it to the next point of the evil forces we're facing here. I mean, Satan is alive and well. And we are fighting evil forces here every single day, every hour of the day. And so now you've got the fight of good and evil. And so you've got, you see, you break this down a little bit there. And then you see where we're at here on the lowest possible denominator and what we're trying to do and to get a message out there because we love the diversity of our nation, the diversity of people, the diversity of conversation. We love all of it. We're certainly not, uh, you know, schizophrenia here. We're not uh, uh, zealots. We're not uh, xenophobes. We're not racist. We're not hostile. We're not, not at all. We're the opposite of that. Opposite, totally. But, you know, the left, the Marxist left, who are all of that, will call us out for that. That's what they do. They have nailed down the corner on protectionism. I mean, they do it remarkably well. And they run around telling us all our hair is on fire when they are exactly guilty as charged. So that's the problem we have. But this culture itself and what's falling apart is really the big problem we have. Let's talk about solutions. Let's talk about, uh, I like to talk about solutions and answers to the problem here. How we fix this thing at the simple possible way. IQ, you talk about family. It is important, our universities, they are important. So let's have you start us off in that conversation about solutions. Being, again now, let's look at the glasses. Try, let's try our best right now in this next few minutes, keeping the glass half full. Let's not, I, I get the danger now. We've addressed that pretty well. But now let's look at a glass half full. What do we got going for us, IQ? We don't have time to re-educate generations that have gone through. At the moment, the only thing that will solve this problem is an uprising, a repeat of 1776. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not inciting violence. Hmm. The Constitution says when you have a dictatorship, a corrupt government, it is up to the people to overthrow them. Even with the spilling of blood, it's in the Constitution. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not wrong. I've studied the Constitution. 
I'm a constitutionalist. I love it. I love the Constitution. Although I'm not an American, I'm more passionately American than 90% of Americans born in the United States of America. And I'm not exaggerating either. I never exaggerate. I go to the jugular every single time. I don't beat around the bush. You need an uprising because you don't have any time. If BLM and Antifa can run wild and nobody will touch them, Americans who have guns and they have permits for these guns, go and use them. I'm not inciting. Because if I were an American citizen today, I would be having maybe three machine guns, a few rounds of grenades to protect myself. And if anybody comes to my door uninvited, there will be bullet holes like a sieve in his body. Mm. Again, this is self-defense. I believe in the sanctity of my home. My home is my castle. You want to come, I invite you. You can ask permission, no problem. If I say no, and you try, you're dead. If anybody has a better solution, I am listening. Mm. Wow. Wow, that really uh, puts it on there, out there, right there. Uh, spoken well. You know, I've known IQ a lot of years, and I will say to you, I've often referred to him as a patriot. Now, he doesn't live in this country, certainly wasn't born here in America, but as he, he actually stated something that I would have made that claim. He is actually more of a patriot American than a lot of people we know. Uh, he loves America. He, he was a big supporter of the movement of Donald J. Trump, but very much a patriot who thinks, who realizes the importance of the West, uh, realizes the importance of America's uh, uh, participation and leadership in the West and how vitally uh, critical that is for all of mankind. And of course, today, they don't want you to say mankind. They want you to either use humankind or womankind. Uh, in fact, uh, if you ever look at the program Grammarly or any of those, anytime you, you, I'll give you an example. This is the PC crowd again. Anytime you use the word mankind, it will flag it, underline it in red and tell you to change it when I tell the program to go to hell. But it will tell me to change mankind to uh, the humankind or womankind. Just like if you put the China virus or Wuhan virus, it also flags you, underlines it in red and says you want to change that to a particular coronavirus type of thing. I also tell it to go to hell. Uh, so to give you an example, they've even got the AI telling us how to live and what to say. Pretty, pretty remarkable. All true what I just told you, by the way. Um, all right, I got to get opinions now from you both about what IQ says there, because that was some pretty blistering comments there. Uh, I'm going to leave it to you two who wants to go first, either George or Kathy, but I want to hear from one of you now on what IQ says about it is time. He said 1776. Tell me, talk to me. I, I applaud IQ for his urgency, because that's exactly what Americans need to feel right now. Um, unfortunately, you know, from my research, and I am going to end this on a positive note, I, I promise you, <laughs> but from my research and seeing how it went over in Venezuela, taking the tactic that IQ is putting out there, um, I, I don't see it ending well if Americans get out their grenades and their their tanks or whatever they have hidden in their backyards. Um, but I'm, I'm in agreement with him. I just don't know that an uprising is going to be successful until we have a real awakening. And I am seeing that actually, that's the good news. Uh, going on in my travels as I go around the state speaking, that many more people 
are awakened than were before the election got stolen. But I want to remind people of a very powerful tactic, Alinsky, Saul Alinsky, father of community organizing, who, by the way, dedicated his book to Satan. So I'm glad you brought him into the conversation um, there, Malcolm. But his tactic number one is incredibly important to understand. And that is power isn't only what you have, but what the enemy thinks you have. And Alinsky himself said this, quote, the illusory truth effect is in play when we hear or read fake news claims repeated, regardless of how ridiculous or illogical they sound. And it's important uh, for our audience to understand those words were written in 1971. So they've been at this for an incredibly long time, but we're not gonna understand how to fight back unless we understand what their strategies are. And in fact, Cloward Piven, Richard Cloward and his wife, Francis Fox Piven, I've talked about this on our show here, Malcolm, before, but the, every single one of the strategy papers that they wrote included the means by which they were going to turn our country into a one-party socialist system. And that was by using aggressive organizers from the civil rights movement. Just think of Al Sharpton every time he gets out there. They wanted to use the churches and they wanted to form militant groups. Now we have BLM and Antifa um, and to achieve their goals. So everything we're seeing, and this is what's so important for the American public to understand is intentional. They know exactly what they're doing. When it looks to us like some of their, uh, some of their policies are ridiculous, like all this transgender stuff, this is to confuse and to overwhelm our systems uh, financially and in every other way. So the critical thing we have to do is to continue what, what we're doing here on the show, Malcolm, by getting the right. education into people's hands, but also mm -hmm. uh, the, the audience must be actively engaged in this process. Uh, many of us have been censored. We need the audience to share these messages. This was an important discussion today that people really need to know, but more importantly, to share. Amen. I couldn't say it better, Kathy. Uh, George, we pick up with Kathy where she is, but then what IQ puts on there. Now, I'm very curious to get your uh, perception on this moment of conflict, 1776. And, you know, uh, all right. So uh, to recap that, IQ says, well, it's time to people that have the Second Amendment and the guns or the grenades, what have you, but to take force back, not just to allow BLM and Antifa and the thugs to run the streets, but to really take control of it. Now, uh, Kathy says, well, that may be a little too much. I, I don't know how we get there. That may not end well. Uh, maybe we're, we're making some progress over here, but is it enough? I ask myself. Uh, but you take a look at all this and the equation of it, uh, uh, you know, George, and, uh, it, you know, I'm thinking back, George, to the Civil War 
and when when America was its ugliest at different moments of our ugliest. And, you know, even then it wasn't, it's not like we went into that with open eyes, like we knew what the hell we were doing. There were so many uncertainties and it could have been that we came out the other side and lost the whole deal or like through the world wars that we lost those deals. Uh, but we didn't. Somehow we've been always been able to, you know, one up and even pull out a miracle now and then again. We've had miracles along the way here in the battle of war. Uh, I don't know what happens at that point, but like, do, you, do we get scared of it? Like Kathy was just saying, well, that might be too much. Or do we embrace that moment and say, you know what, this is what's going to happen at this moment of time? A good question. To go after it one-on-one -on -one with your machine guns and hand grenades would simply identify you as a terrorist threat and the local police would be on you like stink on you know what. That won't work. What we need to be organized. You mentioned the Civil War. There was a draft. Men from, both, uh, men from the Union were drafted into whether they wanted it or not. Uh, there were ways out, of course, but they were organized. They were organized. Today, our patriots are not organized, except as talking groups like uh, the Tea Party and the Republican Party and, and uh, those types of assemblies. They need to be organized, but the organized, they need to do it legally. And there's only one method to do that. And that's with your county sheriff. Your county sheriff is a constitutional officer. In other words, he was elected, not your PD, police department, uh, chief of police, but your county sheriff, an elected official, mm -hmm. and he has a constitutional power to defend the Constitution. There's where you organize. He can deputize people, and he can offer training, make it work. Uh, we have a National Guard, of course. No, There's no wonder that, that would be up to the, to the state's uh, uh, governor to activate them. You can't always be sure what side they will activate on. But you have people out here and you need to bring them into the organization who have infantry skills and combat experience. A lot of us do that. And we're ready. We know what to do. We cannot do it singly. We have to make it clear that we will not comply to unconstitutional orders from a higher, from a, a politician, particularly one that we don't like and who, who is probably illegitimate anyway. I'm thinking of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Um, we have to change the verbiage. Uh, you mentioned it at the beginning of this. We cannot let the left define us as domestic terrorists because they, they happen to have the upper hand. We are not the domestic terrorists. We are the constitutionalists who are protecting our oaths. We do have groups out here, the Oath Keepers, uh, the Minutemen, who have uh, organized and are cap capable of carrying out defensive tactics, which is what we will do. Our tactics will be defensive tactics. Uh, we are not organized as individual groups, state by state. Everything we say and do anyway is, is recorded and monitored by Big Brother, as it is now, the intelligence agency, even the post office, the U.S. post office. In an article yesterday, they were asked, why are you... Uh, uh, reading emails. How does the post office get to reading my emails and identifying me, say, as a potential uh, uh, a terrorist threat? I'm not a terrorist threat. I was a policeman for 43 years. I'm a retired federal agent. 
I was a U.S. Army soldier, regular army. I've got this background and I love the Constitution. And I'm going to protect that Constitution, even if I get shot for it, which is very possible these days. But I'm not going to let my sheriff do it. So if you're in a county that has a sheriff that is constitutionally oriented, make sure, go to him and ask him, do you have a plan to protect this county? If not, let's get working on one and we'll, and we'll all get involved. You can deputize us when push comes to shove, but that is the way to do it. If you go out there by yourself, you're going to be in prison like that poor policeman up in Minneapolis. Uh, very, very interesting comments, George. Very, very interesting. And I actually like the way you say the uh, the sheriff. You're right. The sheriff typically in most of these markets is a elected official. That is exactly it. And they are uh, defenders of the Constitution. You remind me of that right now. So that is fascinating to put that th out there as well. Uh, and so what we're talking about there is you're organizing a militia, right, George? I mean, it's really a local militia is what we're yeah, speaking that's about. Exactly right. And uh, I live in the state of Georgia right. and Georgia has a militia right. under under the governor's office. They wear uniforms when they when they train, but uh, they're they're uh, they, they have one thing. They might not have a lot of training except for what they learned when they were actually mm -hmm. in the military, but they have they have legitimacy and that is what you need and that's why you have to go to your sheriff and get him on your side to make it legitimate if it's not legitimate you have lost the moral high ground yeah you know there have been a lot of reports in recent uh weeks and months i would say to you uh that uh, where i've seen the red america and the blue america actually and there have been a lot of um, interesting people who have, and some very intellectual people that don't talk rubbish, uh, really, you know, and they talk about the fact that they don't see America ever uniting again. They see a red America as a red America and a blue America as a blue America, and it's never going to be a united America, the United States of America. So the name is very misleading. And it is a very misleading name, uh, my fellow Americans, when we say, the United States of America. We are not united. We are absolutely not united. We haven't been united. Chances of us being united again is not, is not good. The reason for that is because you, again, you have the indoctrination of Marxist uh, policies. Uh, the left, uh, the Democrat Party of what we used to know as a more moderate Democrat Party, we call it the party of JFK, who would be a conservative today uh, by those standards, would certainly be a Republican. And not that Republicans are all conservative because they are not at all. They are part of the problem and the cancer. And many days they are more, the bigger problem and the cancer because they hide everything and they camouflage everything and they pretend that they're your friends and they really are your enemies. Uh, you just think, you know, well, Anyways, we don't even need to name names. You can figure that out on your own. Uh, but so the Marxists are totally, I mean, their whole mentality, not, as, not only is it all over our culture, as has been pointed out here from IQ and all that, but it, it's certainly all over this Democrat Party. And they are in control now of the entire paradigm. And so now we've got this battle brewing here. And, you know, whatever it is with these elections, they, 
they got it by hook or by crook. They got the last election. And now they're trying to batten the hatches down with uh, the studying of the Supreme Court, uh, with the making additional states, all the things that we talked about and warned about during that uh, hostile election, the, the COVID election of uh, 2020, yeah? Where Biden never had to come out of his basement, never had to utter a word to the media. The media who are absolutely Marxists, they are first line Marxists, uh, they had their back all the way through. The Biden campaign had their back. Nobody in the history of the United States of America has ever won an election, and certainly not an election like this, a presidential election, without uttering a word. Hasn't happened. That's a first in history. Nobody has ever been able to pull off an election like this under those conditions. Never would Americans, please understand, give the keys to a car to a reckless madman or somebody who's totally out of his mind, would they? Well, I questioned that many times. I questioned that. I didn't think they'd pull it off. I thought America would stand tall and knock them down a few pegs. I was surprised and it wasn't pleasantly surprised. I was a bit shocked that they pulled it off and it was a coup. It was an absolute coup d'etat, however you call it. And I, I, I don't give, I don't want to talk about the hanging chads. It was back in Bush and Gore or today's hanging chad with the cyber threats and all that happened. It, 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 what's there is there. It's happened. He now is in control or they are in control, not he, but they. And so there are a lot of people who believe that this country doesn't unite again. It is what it is. And in which case I often think, you know, I think back to my baseball days, well, then, you know what, we need to, uh, you know, put, give them a state, not for a player to be named later either, or a state to be named later. Let's give them, a, you know, whatever, they can take a state. Get better, it'd be better if we could keep them off the continent, or let's ship them all to Alaska. Or they can even have Hawaii as a bonus, it doesn't really matter. Uh, give them Puerto Rico as well, add Guam into the mix. Uh, and if that doesn't work, you, you, well, you have to take our conservative friends out of California and build the wall from there around California, right around Mexico and all the way down and isolate that. Does that what the future of the United States of America looks like? Sounds pretty outrageous, doesn't it? But how do, how do we unite? How do we become back the United States of America? Not really possible, is it? I don't think so. And so where are we at then? Well, do we start building the walls or give them a state or two or and push the Marxists that way and say, well, you can have that, but you can't have this. We're not going to live under your land, your laws, your conditions. You can't have these states. You can't have Texas. You can't have Georgia. You can't have Florida. You can't have Louisiana. You can't have Kansas. You can't, you know, on and on and on and on and on, right? They've already got the Northeast. They've already got California, right? And they're pushing hard in a lot of other states as well. So, you know. It is what it is, isn't it? It is what we made it as well, is the problem here. So uh, the threats are very real. The threats of China are very, very real. Uh, you know, we, we've had the warning signs uh, blasted off here, but it, it, uh, it is a tall order, which we have pointed out on this program today of what needs to happen, my fellow Americans. A tremendous warm gratitude and thank you to George McClellan, IQ Al Rizzoli in our own here, Kathy Chamberlain here on the program. And uh, I hope you learned a few things. 
it is important to do what Kathy was saying to share this information. It doesn't do any good in a vacuum, folks. We need to release it out there and let it flow and let thy fellow man, thy fellow American and thy fellow citizen listen in and understand and maybe ask the question, what would you do? How could you help help solve this puzzle? We're always available here for a word at America Out Loud. This will go to podcast. And when it does, make put a comment in there. Talk to us. Let us know what we can do together to make it better. We're here to run the good fight. That's our position here on this network and on this program on The Voice of a Nation. Thank you, my fellow Americans, for being with me, as always, on the journey with love and gratitude. It's time to get involved and get loud.